Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Getting Hammered. I am Mary Catherine Ham. I am here, as always, with my friend Vic Mattis of the Free Beacon and the Sub Beacon Podcast, which you can find on Patreon if you would like to. Get a little, get a little rated R version of Vic occasionally. Yeah. We went on a little rant, the three of us, <laughs> about garbage cans. Well, like as you do, and as and one our, does, our little, our little peeves, our pet peeves about garbage cans and but i don't think any of us named any names about who might be to blame i think we all blame the children yes, for various there you things go. the kids always but get thrown under the bus it's a wonderful and i you know i don't know what the other guys are going to talk about on the show on the sub beacon so uh, you never know what you're going to get but it happened to do with garbage cans it was very funny and then we were off to the races because we all had our various gripes oh and everyone. Probably, I, I just told my wife please don't listen to the episode because it's definitely not about you. I have I have thoughts on garbage cans. Let's get into it. Okay. Well, I mean, do you do you see? Apparently, you can listen to this simultaneously at Jonathan Last House. Uh, somebody had bought a, one of those fancy garbage cans that have the divider for recycling yes, it, yes. and you could basically fit two things in each one before it yes. fills up. These are better in theory than in practice. Okay, I I have several trash can gripes because I'm just going to go there. Yeah, yeah. This no, intrigues me. Let's do it. Number one. Getting a decent trash can feels way too expensive. Like, oh, it is. If you go simple human, which I have done. Oh, it's so funny you should mention that. Yeah, we're talking we're talking eighty five to one hundred and sixty bucks for closer, a trash can. Closer to the high end. If you want to find out how much my co-host Jonathan Last paid for his simple human. Tune into okay. Sub Beacon. <laughs> See, we, on we are. He and I are tracking. Y- yes, I did. That's nuts. Splurge on one because I, great wife that I am, sentimental wife that I. My poor husband has a birthday on January fifth. This uh, is a terrible birthday because everyone is too tired. Yeah, from, from Christmas. Christmas, New Year's. He's hard to buy for anyway, so all of the presents are done, mm-hmm. and then. We all try to rally on January 5th. And so what what Steve got for his birthday one year when he got home from work was a simple human with a bow on top. That's funny. But to be fair to me, he likes it. He likes it a lot. You're really going to have to listen to the opening of that show. Okay, okay, okay. It's, and I don't it's uncanny. Wanna... The, 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 the similarities <laughs> are, are uncanny, all right, I don't so wanna, to speak. I don't want to crib your content. No, no. <laughs> what I... What I will also do, since I have no gripes about my spouse and the trash yeah. can, because Steve, and I'm gonna make I'm gonna make all all the other husbands be like, why are you gonna why are you gonna brag about him? I never touch the trash. The trash disappears ah. in my house. I don't have to deal with it. It just magically goes to the curb. The bins magically come back in. They get replaced. It's like it's like when some people. I'm not as consistent as this. It's like when some wives say, I'm sure my husband just thinks that the laundry magically shows up in his drawer. That is me with the trash can. Okay. Good job. It's very similar in our house. I rarely do the laundry. If she's not there, I might surprise her. But guess what? Everything gets put into warm cycle. <laughs> I, don't, I Colors, it doesn't matter. Everything's going in. I'm crying now. Sorry. Crying. And, I'm not, nobody's, and nobody, nobody's none the wiser. So you just throw it out, you know, hand towels, whatever. Everything's going in different colors. It doesn't matter. It's and not, it's done. None it's done. the wiser, he says. And pe- the, peeking yeah. out from his dress shirt is a pink <laughs> right. undershirt. It's a little tie-dye. <laughs> so on the other hand, I do do garbage detail. Every now and then I'll come back home and it's like, 
empty. So I said, wow, that the threshold must have been really insane. That's what they happens. Had, she has a very high threshold. That's what happens. I don't. I don't You're like, oh, wait, I don't know how to do this. You I, just you lose. It's atrophy. Just, just, oh, you lose that how skill. How can you shove it all the way in there? It's 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 like the garbage compactor from Star Wars. Right. I couldn't so. possibly take this downstairs. No. No. no, or out to the porch. <laughs> I, that's, that seems well, crazy. Well, my, my, yeah, yeah, I, it's a simple I, human. It should be able to do this. Can you imagine what's going to happen? My wife listens to this podcast, <laughs> the sub beacon back to back. That's it. And then the divorce papers. So, oh, okay. no. I'm with her. I'm with her. That's how That's how I would treat the trash <laughs> if Steve were gone. How oh, How are you? <clears throat> and what, what is going on? I'm all right. I just got back from a kid's open house. Can I ask a question? Yes. And perhaps, you know, I think you'll remember mm-hmm. this. I did a couple. From decades ago. Mm-hmm. When I was a child, oh. open house Don't remember was any. always in the evening. Oh, yeah. Because people right. work. Yes. Right? Yes. <laughs> I have had my kid in two, three different schools now because, mm-hmm. you know, COVID and stuff. And stuff. There has never been an evening open house. It's all 1030 in the morning. You are expected to now, in a very short window, like, bend your schedule. It's not. It's not really an open house. It's like, be here at ten fifteen, and, and you can it. stay till ten thirty. And if you miss it, you miss it. And yes. man, you're gonna miss some good stuff, or so they tell you. Yeah, that's right. I think when we were kids, it was like a night thing. Yeah, it was fun. Yes. I remember thinking it was weird and cool to be in your school at nighttime. Now, have you reached the point though of overlap where your younger children have an invitation? For an open house and you're skipping it because you did it for the older kid in the same routine? Or do you <laughs> no. feel like you have to every time? So our our school, and I guess this is probably a COVID-related rule, but they have us come in in shifts by last uh-huh. name. Uh-huh. So we, we I take both kids at the same time. We're in like a 30-minute shift. And it's, it's nice because it does give room in the school instead of everybody traipsing around okay. at one time. But we go in there and, and we do the thing. I do, however, and I've done this two years in a row and I wonder if it's kosher. I just leave the older one in her classroom to hang out and chat with people yes. and read, and then I take the well, younger I, one to hers. That's I fine, th- right? I think they don't mind. The kids don't. Yeah. By and large, they don't. You'll know if they mind. But by and large, if they'll want to do their own thing. But so after we did that. A certain age. And then, but I, I do think it's I do think it's odd. Like people still work during the day. Yeah. And I have a I'm lucky to have a flexible schedule, but not everyone is. And I remember when I first put my oldest in kindergarten, it was like. Open house is on Tuesday at 2.30 till 3.30, and good luck with that. And I was like, I just feel like a lot of people have to make very special arrangements to make it to this. No, and even when they get older, you'll have parent-teacher conferences where you meet with different teachers, and your schedule will be sometime between 2 and 5 in the afternoon. And you have to run the gamut (laughs) of meeting all the teachers on a certain day, like on a Friday. You know, I I miss the nighttime open houses. Those were a party. Yeah, and, you know, and then the other thing is I always remembered my parents coming back or my, really, my mom. I don't yeah, think yeah. My, <laughs> my dad doesn't really add much, but, and then you want to ask all the questions, you know, well, about well, we the went teachers. With, we'd go with our parents and I felt like there was like a, there was like a nighttime playground time. It was like a rave, basically. It was amazing. <laughs> they should go back to that. Yeah. I guess people, I mean, understandably, I think teachers don't want to be at the school from seven to 10 or whatever yeah. it would require. I guess, but it's just. But I just, I just think. Schedule-wise, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But it's coming back, and as you know, yeah. school's coming back. Monday, man, we start. We have a couple more weeks. Labor oh. Day and the week before Labor Day. They also took, my kids took their little beach hairdos to open house today. Okay, so you'll enjoy this story of my my oldest child, I swear. She has like a sixth sense, and the sixth sense is trolling. <laughs> 
when we were she on, gets it from her mother. So, <laughs> so we're we're on a vacation. We're at a beach. We're in the islands. Mm. What do you get offered for your little kids? You get offered braids, braids. in their hair. Okay, yeah. and very I'm, tight. Yes, very so, tight. I braids. mean, there and a lot of kids do like the whole head. Yes. Or like mm-hmm. sort of rose on half the head. That's what my my daughter did the half. Right, and so I'm like, guys, I'm, I'm not the most politically correct person in the world, but I am cognizant of the idea that this is like, how far am I going to take this? You mean in terms of appropriation? Of, of appropriation. Yes. Oh my goodness! Because there's beads involved. It's cornrows and beads, guys. My children are. But that's what they do in the islands. That's I, well, what I, okay. I understand, and it's, and and I'm paying for a service. I'm happy to but do that. But you're saying you're worried you come back. Well, I'm just a little. Somebody might take it the wrong way. I'm wary. That's okay. all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Wary. And I'm sure she looked great in it. So I want to keep it on the chill side, mm-hmm. right? So I tell them they can just have a few. They can have one uh, on one side of yeah. their head. They can just have a, just a, a handful, a, a little, flare. just a little like a side part with yeah. a few over here. And and I went from a hard no to sort of a low key yes over the course of the vacation. <laughs> I know I'm going to get a bunch of mail with like, don't worry about it. It's no big deal. And then probably a bunch more that's like, how dare you? Yeah, that's inappropriate. Anyway, we're right in the middle. So we just get a few. But my oldest, I leave to get cash to pay. And my oldest, I swear to you, never in her life has she picked these colors before, but she picks the Jamaican flag color beads. I'm flexing right now. For the you bottom. can't see me, but I'm giving her the strength thing. And I just, thought, I just thought, of course. Of course, the only time in your life that you pick green, yellow, and, and black, black is today. Today. So that's she's no, uh, she's, she's proudly you know, wearing those. In solidarity. But, you know, I mean, that's the big that's the big question. In solidarity versus appropriation, right? right. right. You want to be in and solidarity explore- with and she's Jamaica. And she was genuinely curious about, oh, d- pe- different oh. folks wear their hair different ways and all that. At any rate, I know it's mostly harmless. <laughs> I'm not overly worried about it. I just was trying to walk a line. Uh, I'm trying to. It's also a great looking. I'm flag, trying to live in a society, yeah. people. That's it, and it's a great looking flag. The colors are great. It's like a Union Jack, but with the colors of green, yellow. I just and black. thought it was it's, amazing that, yeah, that no, like, ri- I've never, I've never seen you color a picture with these colors before. It's so striking, though, right? There you go. Yeah, should get a lot. Should have gotten a Ruben colors. That would have been fun. Turned too. a lot of heads. Yellow, blue, and red. Anyway. <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> so, some somber news this oh, right. week. We'll start with sure. the the anniversary of the withdrawal. Sort of a generous term to call mm-hmm. it a withdrawal from Afghanistan. Certainly not an orderly mm-hmm. withdrawal from Afghanistan. I, I remember flight from. Yes, I, I remember at the time. You know, I I know a bunch of people who served in Afghanistan, who you know, lost life and limb and mm-hmm. and time with their families and invested so much in both Iraq and Afghanistan. And so I have, you know, my sort of my foreign policy feelings and my personal feelings are separate and sometimes combined, depending. Sure. But to watch that fall apart in such a violent and horrible way was was rough. It was gut it was gut wrenching. The footage from the airport you're referring to, which is yes, really and just... quite shocking. And they ran it on a loop twenty four seven. It was a brief moment where all the networks were showing the same footage. Yes. And they couldn't ignore it. So it wasn't just on Fox; it was everywhere. Yeah, it was. It was bad, and there, and there are some. There really are some. I think Matthew Dowd among them who insist that we've got the wrong picture about that. And in retrospect, it was quite orderly. Yeah. No, it was not. And thirteen Marines died mm-hmm. trying to get folks through that airport. We gave up assets 
that we probably should have held long enough to get people out of the country, including those who had applied for special visas that had helped American troops and really need to get out because they are targets of the Taliban. We didn't do the things we needed to do to make that happen, but we were able to get some people out. And it doesn't make up for it, but I have a I have a sort of an uplifting story right. slash opportunity for you guys. We can use that. This and be, week. Before you do, I want to say just a reminder to people about the White House's position at this time. People, we we all have short memory spans these days because the news is happening so fast and social media. But it's worth remembering their position on this, which was they said everyone who wanted to leave has left. Do you remember that one? And that, in case closed. And the other thing was, there were there were still people yeah. named, well, sort of unnamed, disguised people, Americans getting out within the last several weeks. Yes, exactly. And it, it, it's clear now there were many more. Not forget about the a- Afghan allies, Americans, yeah, who were also left behind. And the other spin that they had on this was that they knew this was going to happen this way. This is not a surprise. Remember, they said this is we totally expected this. Of course, they all went on vacation. Right. Do you remember this? Yes. Jen Psaki, oh, gosh. Biden, everybody was at the beach or wherever they were. We plan- we had, this was planned. This was planned, and yet they had to cancel the vacation or shorten it to come back, even though they knew this was going to happen. And also, you know, Trump laid the, the you know, uh, he was the one responsible for getting this thing happening in the right. first place, so it's really his fault. So, anyway. Again, my foreign policy feelings aside, I, I'm, I'm willing to listen to arguments that yeah. we don't want a footprint there, or we don't want yeah. as big a footprint there. Mm-hmm. I would disagree with those things in some cases, but- the way that we did this was was very bad, and it left left people stranded. One person who, thank goodness, was not stranded. I got a call this week about it's a it's a friend of a friend who who knows this guy, Mikey, an assumed name, a pseudonym sure. that we're using, who was a, an interpreter, a terp as they call them, for Green Berets mm-hmm. in Afghanistan, and had really risked everything. I'll read a little bit about him from the Please. New York Times piece printed at the time, a year ago. The Americans call him Mikey, and as an interpreter for the Special Forces, he did not just bridge language gaps. He did everything from easing negotiations with local Afghans loyal to the Taliban to warning a convoy away from an ambush. Mikey wasn't just a regular interpreter, recalls Sergeant First Class Joseph Torres, a Texan who served in the Special Forces. He was our lifeline. He went everywhere we went on the most remote and dangerous missions. It was because of him that we returned home alive after deployments. Well, after Kabul fell to the Taliban, he's 34. He's stuck in... Afghanistan with his family, his wife and two sons. They go to the airport, as many do, in an attempt to get out. And at some point, I think both children, his wife and one son, were hit with gunfire in the feet because they're sort of yeah. shooting indiscriminately yeah. at the ground and yeah. to, to quote-unquote keep order. Thank you, Taliban. And that kind of thing. <clears throat> so they're injured. They're trying to get out. And luckily, as he's scare- you know carrying his injured child around, there was a Senate staffer who's a reservist who was inside the mm-hmm. perimeter and was able to pluck him and his family out of the chaos there and get them back to America. I believe this Senate staffer, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, I think she was a cotton staffer and she was uh, later she was later honored on the Senate yes. floor. Yes, that's right. Because she led she was like sort of arranged clandestine missions to get people yeah. out. Several people freelanced in this way. And for marine, for military folks, a little hazy on what their rules of engagement were. So they they did not only physical risk, but sort of mm-hmm. career risk in, in putting themselves out there and making these same things happen for, for good people. He gets back. He's in Dallas now with his family, which is a great 
happening. Yes. However, they need help. Yeah. He's in Dallas. They're sort of scraping by. He's working at a at a hotel. He's riding his bike to work. Mm-hmm. And so my friend called and said, hey, like, maybe we can get something started for this guy, especially with the attention around the anniversary. So there is a GoFundMe for him. I saw it. And you can go to the GoFundMe site, right? And it's I see who organized it was our friend. Can yes. I say his name? Yeah, John, oh, John Noonan. Noonan. This yeah. is who called me yeah. and told me this great story about Mikey and his family. So you can go to the GoFundMe. I will put it on my Twitter account and my Instagram account. Vic, you can tweet it as well yep. so that our listeners, maybe we can add it to show notes so that our listeners can go there. An incredibly worthy cause. I believe we've raised several thousand dollars today. Ah, oh, almost, almost 30,000 oh, already. The Afghanistan withdrawal left so many who were invested in military families, who were invested in the mission, who just love America. And yeah. it was hard to watch this. You felt helpless. This is a way to do something That's right. that will help these little little guys who are pictured at the top of the GoFundMe, these little sons. It's an adorable picture. Everyone everyone recovered. Yeah. And so anyway, we can do something. And it feels good to be able to help and yeah. to plug people into a community in Dallas and get his life moving along. And that's what Americans do, you know? I, I like was, that. That's like you you're like on that? the stump. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> Hi, I'm Vic Mattis, and I'm running for it. <laughs> okay, so yesterday, for example, on that note, I had a lunch with a new friend over at the Taiwanese, they can't say embassy, but the mission, you know. So I meet this guy, really, really nice. So he and his family got here. They've only been here for two weeks, so he's still sort of, you know, getting settled and right. figuring things out, including I had to help him figure out. He didn't know how to pay, like, the bill right. at, at the restaurant, so I had to show him, like, you know, what you have to do to get it. It's, I can't imagine what it would be if I was in Taipei, but... I asked him how things were going, and he said two things. One, the air is so clean here, he said. Oh, and this is up in Maryland, huh. by the way. So I can't speak for Maryland, but Virginia, as you know, very clean air. So he said that the air is so wonderfully clean. And the other thing is, he said, people are so friendly. And he oh. said, you know, over there, he said, you know, strangers, you're not going to talk to each other there. And he goes, here, your neighborhood, you know, people you don't know, they'll talk to you. Oh, for sure. <laughs> And so they like you, that. Just, well, just wait till you go to Alabama someday. I, Hi there. Right, right, right. But like overload. He wouldn't know what to do. I know. So anyway, but that is a very American thing. This is something that we can do. I'm glad you shared that story. Yeah. Mary so Catherine. help Mikey out yeah. if you can. I've worked with the Travis Manion Foundation, which is a veteran services organization in the past. I'm on their board. And they've done a lot of work when people get mm-hmm. here as Afghan refugees to connect them with Afghan refugees yeah. who have been here for a while. Yeah. That's all part of it as well. I assume that in Dallas... There's a way to do that. I'm actually working with the foundation to see if we can find some folks to hook him up with. But the best to them. I'm glad to have them in America, and I'm glad to be able to help them here. And I just wish more of the interpreters with special visas were here. Well, that's the thing. And think about all those people who risk, as you say, life and limb, and many of them who didn't make it out. Yeah. Families and people who have been you know, now killed as a result of having worked with the United States government. And it's an awful it's thing. owed them much more. The implications for the image of the United States are so profound well, over and this I think, last year. And, and domestically. And should not be forgotten. Domestically as well, I think that was that was the turning point. Yeah. People thought, ooh, this it's is, just, and it sort of compounded all the right. other problems because right. it was such a sort of devastating thing to watch. Also, and I, I, this is on many subjects, part of the Biden pitch was you'll get the empathy you did not get with yes. Trump. And it's really not no. there. It's not there at all. And he has been capable of it in the past. But it's not there at all. It wasn't there during the Afghanistan withdrawal. And then this will bug me forever for all of time. The 13 fallen Marines yeah. were not mentioned in the State of the Union. There was a way to do that without making it a huge 
political Rump. sort of self-inflicted problem. The speechwriters, I think, did not want to remind Americans no. of a bad moment on their watch, right? And this was their bad. This was like the the the, the Army Rangers in Black Hawk Down, right? Yeah. In the first Clinton administration that brought down Secretary of Defense at the time, Les Aspen. Nobody ever gets fired in this administration, by the way. God, it's really, it's really that, that's another thing. You're, no, no one has lost their no, job over nobody, that. Nobody, over anything. And again, we the Free Beacon just reported on Afghan commandos that were U.S. trained during that time. They all went to Iran. So now they're able to, to share with them Sigh. U.S. training, know-how, and names. And, and let's also not forget, for example, how the president assured us this was not going to be Saigon. No helicopters. Remember that? Well, yeah. yeah so. oh, anyway. So you can reflect on that with us and also yeah. uh, do something helpful for, for a great family. So I appreciate anything you guys can do. Up next in the news, what do we have? Oh, yes. Representative Liz uh, Cheney lost her primary fight in Wyoming to be the one representative from Wyoming. Wyoming, the least populated state in the nation, I believe. So it only has one congressional representative. Liz Cheney was that representative for a long time. It's a very right-leaning state. So it's at if least you lose, populated, it yes. too. So. And yeah, and if you lose the uh, Republican primary, you're done. So that seat will go to Harriet, sorry, I'm Hageman. blanking on Hageman, yes, a lawyer who was running against Liz Cheney. Of course, this is animated by the January 6th response and Liz Cheney's opposition to Trump. And the big discussion now is, okay, well, will the GOP base accept somebody who opposes Trump, same old story. Like, how do you walk this line? Right. In Wyoming, it did not work for Cheney, who was, of course, you know, leading the January 6th committee. Or is it a committee? Is that what I'm yes. Saying? Yes. In, in Congress. So she was very much identified with that. She very much wanted to be. And by the way, I really enjoyed her early response to January 6th. Mm -hmm. And then, like, sticking with, like, no, it was not stolen. I'm not going to say the thing you want me to say. And then uh, they tried to kick her out of leadership. And she was like, yeah, sure. Take that vote. And she sort of challenged. She said, come at me. Yes. And it didn't work that time. But in the on the ground in Wyoming, yeah, it did. Yeah, in, 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 in the, the grand scheme of things. She didn't do these things because they were popular. That's for sure. She did it because she actually believed in it. And I hate to do the on the one hand and on the other, but I'm going to do it. Yeah, have at it. All right. That's what we're here for. So on the one hand, of course, she felt that, you know, what Trump did was despicable. Obviously, his behavior was terrible, and she wanted to pursue it. And so she's doing what she thinks is the right thing to do. And she's not going to be kowtowed, and she didn't to the very end. She really believes she says, I'm doing the right thing, and you know that's all that matters, and you got to step up. And shame on those who are, who are political cowards at this. Okay, so there you have it on the one hand. And on the other hand, great. She feels this way. She thinks that the president needs to be held accountable. And then she's a part of this January 6th committee that had no really other serious Republicans in there right. who were going to push back on any of this narrative about the president's connection or involvement to the rioters. Which is a mistake, sort of self-imposed exactly. mistake by Trump and other Republicans not and to be there. people feel very strongly about that because, all right, on the one hand, you think what the president did was terrible. On the other hand, you are now on the side of Adam Schiff. There's got to be something in between. I know. There wasn't. And I think the end result, of course, was her. She lost, and that's the end of it. And you're going to have Harriet Hageman, as you mentioned, who she's very much a Trump supporter and believes, you know, that the election was, you know, there was fraud and widespread and what have you. And uh, she'll be in Congress. Right. But she also had the advantage 
of being in the home state yes. the entire time. Well, and, and It's a luxury that incumbents don't have if they're spending a lot of time here in D.C. Right. And, and to me, first of all, I, I've been thinking through this and trying to figure out, okay, I do think that your constituents have a right to be like, is this the only thing you're paying attention to? Mm-hmm. Right? Is this right. your is this your only right. thing? Because they see her on TV a lot. Right. I think they have a right to wonder about that. And then it's interesting the New York Times profile of Harriet Hageman yes. mentions like right up at the top. So you know it must be a large part of her resume. The challenger who unseated Cheney in Tuesday's Republican primary has a track record in Wyoming of fierce advocacy on issues particularly relevant mm-hmm. to the state's ranchers' energy and mining interests. She's gone up against environmentalists in court. She's fought against various federal government yeah, regs, orders. Fight against the regs. So in addition to the anti-Trump part, I mean, the being pro-Trump part, mm-hmm. she was on the ground yeah. communicating, I am dealing with these issues. However, you talk about there being a middle way. Peter is the first name, right? Representative Peter Meyer. Yes. Who went down his... Measure, yeah. he, he was not a guy who embodied January 6th committee, right? Right. He voted to impeach the president, and that... Riding a middle, middle line didn't help him. He he lost in that primary. Eight out of the 10, is that right? Eight out of the 10 Republicans who voted to impeach are gone? I believe so. Yeah. He's very powerful. Yes. The other president. He's getting more powerful. <laughs> yes, that's right. I think it's getting more powerful. Yeah. It's also, it's, it, it, it's, it's also a, a sad moment to mark the end of the Cheney family political dynasty that began in 1978. She herself was elected three times. Right. And I have seen from some of our friends, I'm not going to name names, who are now saying good riddance to all that and good, you know, good riddance to Cheney and, of course, the Bush-Cheney mm-hmm. legacy that was so terrible. And I, I, I think that's a bad thing You're to not say. not on board for I that. am not yeah. on board. I think the, the Republican Party needs to have a big tent, big enough to include the neocons. Yeah. That's, well, I, and like I said, I appreciated the early goings, the way she mm-hmm. stood up. I've... The January 6th thing, I'm sort of here and there, paid attention, thought, mm-hmm. you know, some of it was quite special episode of the week. Well, kinda. it was prime time. It yes. was a committee that was, it was a, a prime time show and, and they did things like leaking the texts from Ginny Thomas and and subpoenaing other fellow members of Congress. That's By the you way, know, how quickly have we much. moved on from those things because they didn't stick the way that people wanted them to On to the to next. Stick. That's exactly right. At any rate, Harriet Hageman will be the new representative. Can of, I? But, oh, yes. one thing too. I got to say, I saw Liz Cheney giving her concession speech, and we'll pay, play a little clip from that. If you're going to give a concession speech, what a place to give one. Oh, yeah. She's got the mountains behind her. The sun is setting. I'm like, heck yeah, man. I'm going to my, I'm gonna go back to my hot tub and hang <laughs> out after this speech. That's what I'd say at my, at my chalet. I hear to my son's been to Wyoming. I, I hear my lodge. It's I think it's a lodge, lodge? there. Yes, yeah, they would chalet. I'd love to go there sometimes. Gosh, so. it's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. I'd like just to have a big steak. They don't want us, though, Vic. They don't want want more people. I know. They're like, we're good. Well, this is how we feel in the the suburbs about people who are coming in from the city. So it's the same thing. Can I say, you know know who uh, I I bet does does not miss any of this? Paul Ryan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's having a blast. Had he still been in Congress, he might not still be in Congress. Okay. Also, one brief last note on her. Media says Representative Liz Cheney is fueling 2024 speculation after saying she was thinking about a presidential Right. In the wake of her primary loss on Tuesday night, The Hill reports, reports Liz Cheney shakes up 2024 forecasts. I'm not sure how much because this is, look, again, respect, but it's on a Larry Hogan level 
right? You're running as the anti-Trump candidate. You have defined yourself as that. That is very tricky in a Republican field, as we have seen just this week with Liz Cheney. Primaries, I mean, that's the trick of it, the primary versus the general election, attacking to one end of the political spectrum and then going and doubling back towards the center and the Democrats have to go through the same, run the same gauntlet. There's no chance she's going to win, obviously, not as a Republican and or, nor as an independent. I mean, the argument she and Larry Hogan can make, of course, is do you have conservative values? Do you believe in the same conservative things we do? Are you pro-life and low taxes and muscular defense and this and that? But you're not supportive of Trump. Right. How many of those Republicans are out there? Well, and I, I'd ah. be somebody for that pitch, right? Right. And I'm just... They'd still never make it out of the it, state. Yeah. And so I feel like I'm the audience right. for that. And I'm still right. not sure how that's going to work. I will say someone someone noted that perhaps having a Hogan or a Cheney in the race relaxes DeSantis's, who would be the forerunner, if not for Trump. So it's Trump, then DeSantis, then anyone else. That's right. The also-rans. That that would lessen his need to be so sharply anti-Trump, and Trump himself would, would focus all of his energies on. Oh yeah, no, he'd love that because these yeah. these folks have set have set themselves up the bane as, of his existence. Yes, exactly. He lo- he loves to fight those guys. So that is an interesting thought. However, I I still think, and I think we mentioned this in the last episode, the basement strategy was very good because you didn't fuel Trump because mm-hmm. you were not giving him attention. Right. Anyone who is an it's avatar oxygen. of anti-Trumpism will be giving him attention. The media will love that person. The media will cover that person. That's all we're going to be talking about for another yes. two years. And then what do we do? We split the vote like we did mm-hmm. last time. That's right. Um, it's just it's just a that would be just her, a freight train coming down them tracks again. That, yes, that would be her role, by the way, as a spoil sport. Yeah. You know, sort of like Ross Perot. So that is w- the impact that she could have on the next race. But you you have her speech. The path was clear. But it would have required that I go along with President Trump's lie about the 2020 election. It would have required that I enable his ongoing efforts to unravel our democratic system and attack the foundations of our republic. That was a path I could not and would not take. No. No House seat, no office in this land is more important than the principles that we are all sworn to protect. And I well understood the potential political consequences of abiding by my duty. All right, on to Rochelle Rochelle. We have CDC News. From Milan to Minsk. We have CDC News. This is reporting from NBC News. The head of the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention on Wednesday said the agency must make drastic changes to respond better and faster to public health emergencies following missteps during the COVID pandemic. Missteps? You don't what? say. What missteps would those be? Dr. Rochelle Walensky outlined the changes in broad terms in an email to CDC employees Wednesday afternoon. Those include an overhaul of how the agency analyzes and shares data, as well as changes to how the CDC quickly communicates information to the public. Maybe one of the things they can work on is like, not wildly exaggerating the risk to children so that we don't close schools again. That'd be a neat thing they could do. That's an adjustment you could make. If, if you Instead lo- of freaking everybody out. I looked at some of the proposals and they seem fairly anodyne. I think that one of the things that proposes is just hiring more people. 
Well, the, the good thing about anodyne proposals is yeah. that they, they'll only cost several billion more of your dollars, Vic. Yeah. Their, their failure, your wallet. <laughs> it's That's of, how this works. You know, it reminds me of like, you know, when Barack Obama used to, you know, everyone would get all excited because he was going to come out and admit that he had done something wrong because he rarely does. And then he'll say that, yes, I, I, it was my fault. It was my fault that I didn't explain my way clearer to you. Yes, you yes. Know, because, because you're so dense. Always. Yeah. yeah. We've, let, we've let them down. We've actually let Rochelle down. That's yeah, what we that's did. That's the thing. And I think that's what the CDC's goal is. But, you know, uh, Dr. Fauci was just saying the same thing. They want to make some changes there, you know, and, and, and be more on top of things. Look, well, I, I welcome an admission that there were missteps. Yeah. Number one. That is the, that is the beginning of healing. Okay. However, in any large organization, but particularly a government organization yeah. that is a large bureaucracy, changing the culture is very, very difficult. The f- very difficult. The first step, I think, to, for any reform would be for uh, Rochelle mm-hmm. Walensky and Anthony Fauci to just quit. That would be the first step. Well, Anthony Fauci will tell you, I don't, I don't it doesn't have anything to do with me. My culture over at NIH is fantastic. Yeah. But I'm glad they're working on it, I guess. But every time they work on it, it's just going to cost us more money. And it seems like as we're approaching who, school, as you know, you were going to say something. I was going to say, who, who knows what, what direction they want to take it, right? Were the, was the misstep that they didn't, oh, yeah. they didn't lock us down harder that's and didn't a, mask us earlier? Is that's that the right. Problem? That's right. They need to enforce it more <laughs> with the K95s. The school is coming back, as you're mentioning, and these COVID rules, and they seem to be, some school districts seem to be resetting their mandates as if it were 2020 again. You saw, yeah. I just before we taped- No, you, you told me, to and I, my head proceeded to explode. Yes, yes, it, it really almost did. How did I miss this? She was like Belloc in Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> Fairfax yeah. County School Board sends a memo, good old Northern Virginia- sends a memo, recent communication alerting parents that their children will still potentially have to wear masks indoors for the 2022-23 academic year pending high CDC COVID-19 community rates. The memo also noted, however, that parents and legal guardians have rights under the Code of Virginia, allowing parents the choice whether or not to send their kids to school masks. Okay, so what I'm gathering from this is this is just like they're throwing down a marker mm-hmm. that, hey, we're gonna be, we're gonna be contrary to irresponsible Governor Yunkin because we're very responsible. The higher authority is the CDC, yeah, and not the governor of the state. We will, we will be imposing masks while also sort of noting that there is this law that we're not really allowed to force you to do it. But that they're gonna put a bunch of pressure on kids and parents, and parents. We we know by this point, you have to be loud if anyone is getting back to any semblance of normalcy in Northern Virginia. You of all people can uh, attest to this because otherwise they'll just run all over you. And most parents don't want to be hassled. They got enough to do. They got jobs, as you were mentioning in the beginning of the show. They have places to go. So just put on the, you know, the damn mask and that's the end of it. And it's really not a good thing. And they're going to say, of course, oh, is it that hard? But is it really that good? Is it that good? And also, it has downsides. We all know this, guys. We we can all admit, even if you even if you're the most devoted masky person there is. By the way, I saw a thread the other day that was like people confessing their mask sins. It was like really COVID cautious people who were like, "I have once or twice not had one on inside during the last two and a half years." I'm like, "Oh my lord!" 
Oh my, it's a whole different world. It's a whole different world. It's a whole different world. But so Fairfax (sighs) County says, they send out this email saying, FCPS requires all students to wear a mask covering when indoors, except while actively eating or drinking on school property to include the buildings, school buses, and other school provided vehicles when the CDC COVID-19 community level for Fairfax County is high. Right now it's medium. Lucky guys. Wait till it gets colder. The weather gets colder. You know what's going to happen. And then it's like, "Eh, the code of Virginia allows parents legal guardians to elect for the child not to wear a face covering while on school property. (laughs) It's like the Micro Machines disclaimer at the end of a radio commercial. Yes. By the way. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Which has to be, as you, were we talking about this on the show? That cannot be sped up. You actually, the law is, you have to say it as fast as you humanly can without any technological enhancement. So they find people oh, really? who speak like, like a mile a minute who are really skilled at this. And Do you remember the Micro Machines guy? Uh, yes. <laughs> he, he was the guy who did that. that yes. And right. he, he was the pitch man. For these little tiny 80s Hot Wheels. That's right. That's right. <laughs> he looks fantastic. Let's play a clip of that. This is the Micro Machine Man presenting the most midget miniature motorcade of Micro Machines. Each one has dramatic details, terrific trims, defender styling, precision paint jobs, working wheels, Micro Machine cars of vast variety, including Lamborghini, Trans Am, Corvette, Volvo, Four Blades, a pickup charger, and many more. Micro Machine planes polish perfect precision like F-15, Corsair, Space Shuttle, P-51, Mustang, Micro Machine boats, a fabulous fleet of tugs, PTs, and speedboats. Anyway, so parents, listen to the law and not to the random that's right. spewing of... Fairfax County Public Schools, well, luckily, they spew behind their masks, so we're all safe. I was just driving down this morning. I was driving down the road, and it's a beautiful day here in the city, and it's about 80 degrees, and I see a parent and a child walking down the sidewalk, both in masks. There's nobody near. There's nobody there. They're the only ones in the sidewalk outside. What's happening? And I want to say what's happening. Maybe they both have COVID. Okay, but they're still outside. And as you know, the first lady herself, she tested positive oh, yeah. but they put her on the paxlovid wish... so that's good well she'll get it twice yeah then. it's a two-for-one combo that's that right. one and they reassure us well don't worry because she's she she's been double vaxxed and double boosted and she is up to date with her vaccines up to date with her vaccines uh-huh. plural but, by four. the way uh, four in two years i know by the way i have i have been heartened lately to see a couple of folks win their lawsuits against municipalities and employers for yeah. firing them over the vaccine oh. mandate because i think Speaking of laying down that mar- markers, yeah. those are those are legal markers that we should have, especially now that we know, okay, guys, at least I didn't agree with it, but at least there was sort of a justification when it might prevent spread. Yeah. But we know it doesn't do the transmission part. Okay. Right. So it's very hard to tell people, now you can't have a job anymore. Now, there are a lot of people who suffered from that already. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yes, they deserve restitution. So I'm glad to see that happening in a couple places. We yeah. We had a couple of... Light moments, light segments that you you showed me. Yes. One is a great commercial for the <laughs> college just, football this player. This just cracked me up. I had not seen this. So you know, at the at the beginning of of the season, we got all these you know high profile ads with football players in it. But this is one from a local a local place in in Nebraska, and S O S Heating and Cooling in Omaha, Nebraska hired Nebraska Cornhuskers freshman wide receiver. To be their pitchman. Why? Why would, you know, this, we don't know anything about this freshman. Oh, we know one thing. His name is DeColdest Crawford. <laughs> D-E-C-O-L-D-E-S-T. Yes, DeColdest. And he's a perfect pitchman, therefore. For? For SOS Heating and Cooling. <laughs> and now SOS Heating and Cooling has a viral hit on its hands because this, this perfectly pitched local... Station commercial is just gold. Here we go. I'll play some of it. 
I'm so glad we called SOS. RAC is the coldest. I'm always the coldest. SOS to the rescue. Hey, this is Dakota Crawford, wide receiver from Louisiana, now playing at Lincoln. When your AC isn't the coldest, you call SOS heating and cooling. Their takes don't make commissions, so they give you an honest opinion, fair pricing, and longer warranties than a competition guaranteed. Take it from the coldest. We will keep you cool this summer. Oh, <laughs> I am in love with that. It's, you know, local commercials can be sometimes so awful, good. and sometimes it can be really compelling. They're so endearing. Yes. And he's great. And look, I like. I know there are a lot of opinions about the college players being able to do oh, ads sure. and make money, but there was a real market gap there, and I'm glad that they're able to well, to get get some money. Themselves. I don't know how much Decoldest is getting, but I, I would have at, at a minimum, at a minimum, free maintenance. Oh, for sure. You know the HVAC, contract. HVAC you know, is extremely oh, valuable. Very, it's a huge racket, man. It's a huge racket. HVAC work is an important part of life. Do you know what local commercial I used to love What's back that? in the day? Eastern Motors. With the oh, Redskins. so good. That's another one where you're really you're really getting star power. Oh, every Redskin player was oh. on that. Clinton Portis, they were all on this and it, thing. And it had a fantastic yeah. song. Hold on. Oh, you can't get it. It's a real earworm. Eastern Motors, Motors. Your job is your credit. So good. Hold on. I've got to pull this up. Well, I'm from the South, so our locals were, <laughs> it was always a like a grandpa who owned a car, car dealership, uh-huh. and they'd have his grandkids in the commercial. So it'd be like, oh. my paw paw sells the best Buicks in town. Come on down and check them out. <laughs> and that's I'm allowed, what, and I'm that's allowed what to you, do that. That's what you liked. I'm you allowed liked to do that, that because, oh, because I, that's not cultural appropriation. <laughs> that's just where I'm from. That's right. <laughs> Come on down for a deal from my paw paw. <laughs> Hold on. Eastern Voters. Everybody's grooving. Oh, everyone's grooving. Clinton Portis. Yeah. LeVar Arrington. Oh, yeah, LeVar. Oh, that's good. Oh, you can't actually see us because we don't have video yet. But, you know, we're we're, we're jamming. Jamming. Like, we really had the groove. That is Mary that's Catherine a beautiful Mee. act. And Jennifer. Okay. And finally, you had this item about a delivery service surprise. Oh, yeah. Bringing new new meaning to the munchies. An Ohio man says he received more than what he ordered through DoorDash last week. The DoorDash customer said he found a fork and a side of marijuana at the bottom of his delivery bag. Quote, I was scared at first, but then again, I wasn't very surprised, the man said, who wanted to remain anonymous. He said the driver returned to his residence asking for the pot, saying it was medicine in the bag for his friend. That's my favorite part, is that the the door, the driver's like, did that guy tip me? He's checking and he's like, oh no, I left my weed. And he goes back and knocks on the door like, can I just, can I get that back? Yeah, you know, a medicine like, uh, I don't know, was it Tylenol? Was it Benadryl? Look, no, it, no, no. It could it's, be medicinal it's, it's, marijuana. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, sure. it's pictured in a like plastic bag. It's clearly not. The customer, customer did not return the marijuana to the driver. He called the police. Wow. Yeah. I, I bet the police can't do anything with that because it's probably, you know, it's not like a giant bag. It's, you know, well within the minimum or, the, you know, of personal possession. He said his concern was was if there's anything. Well, they yes. should do what they could. They could break. That's a very good point. And they could. The police can do a, a analysis of that. This is why Mary Kath and I always say much like not taking candy from strangers. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, don't smoke it if you don't know where it's from. Oh, no, that's very important. Mm-hmm. That is a yeah. basic rule. That is. And now there are plenty of safe places to get said marijuana. Yes, some, maybe. Some would say. Who knows? Maybe not. But we don't know. Reg- more regulated, shall we say. I hope. Skunky yeah. bag mm. you used to get. <laughs> or if, 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 you, if, if you, you were into that yeah, kind not, of thing. No, right. Not that no. I would know Please. anything huh? about that. What? I also find the quality, by the way, of, of, of drivers for some of these delivery apps not to be, I don't know how to put this Look, up. DoorDash, DoorDash says there's background checks, you know. All I know is one time I was trying to order KFC at 10 o'clock at night, which sounds like something that someone who had just smoked weed would do. Yes. But I had not. I was mm. sober. And I really wanted KFC. And it was raining really hard outside. And so I decided I was going to pay a premium and just get KFC DoorDashed to me. How long did Look, that this take? may have been during my last pregnancy, okay? They, we that? make decisions. How, okay. Uh, two questions. How long did it take and okay. how did it taste? So it took forever because three drivers canceled on me to the point that with the level of emotion as if I was outside an airport in the rain and people yeah. in the middle of the night with right. my children and someone right. canceled on me. That I'm level. Like, I'm like, sir. Three drivers have canceled our mayor. Are you actually going to come? And he said, yes, I will. I will make sure I make it there. And I tipped him well. And I paid a lot of money for that KFC. What? Uh, but I waited till like, I don't know, it took an hour or so. Was it worth it? Yeah, I think it was. I think it was. Because I had this particular thing in mind. I will say that the the, the, the chicken does lose some... Some quality as it's, as it's on its way. If I can take a time machine, I would go back to like the late 70s and go to a Kentucky Fried Chicken when it was really good and the extra crispy was out of this world. It's it's the extra crispy that inspired lots of famous people. The late chef Michelle Richard mm-hmm. loved that Kentucky Fried Chicken. Not now, but the Kentucky Fried Chicken of then. Well, as as everyone knows, I am a Bojangles partisan. Yeah. But that's way too far away to get DoorDash and way too far to go in the rain at that time of night. You know, I so still, I didn't I didn't partake. I still have never had Bojangles. Oh, we got to do I a know, field I trip. We'll do we that. should do mm-hmm. a live show from Bojangles. That's what they do lot, in the South on football days. It would get a lot days. of hits. It would yeah. get a lot of hits. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. I have oh, one no, more no, thing. Oh, no. Yes, I know. I have another thing. Yes. We have fan mail. Yeah, yes, so do I. I was about to do, I, I have. Yes, we both have fan mail. Okay, so go. Justin, I believe from Minnesota. Justin writes... It was so touching. Just wanted to write, let you know I'm loving your mini travel blog included in the Getting Hammered podcast. I was just in Aruba, and I think there's no place I'd rather be. Why would anyone leave? True. Why am I here? Uh-huh. Bon beanie. <clears throat> on a personal note, I discovered you when you were a panelist on Bill Maher's show recently. Your pragmatic, no-nonsense demeanor drew me in. I honestly didn't even look up your politics before listening to Getting Hammered. I consider myself a good liberal Democrat. But more and more, the left has just gone too far off the deep end. Mm-hmm. I'm not willing to move right, but I sure would like some common sense middle ground. I enjoy listening to opposing views, and you and Vic do a great job skewering the daily headlines. Keep up the good work. I recommend you guys to all my friends. Wow. Cool, right? Well, you know what it is? Well, first of all, thank you to the listener. And secondly, it's like, hey, you know, we're not all like this stereotype of yeah. crotchety. And well, this is my, sometimes. my, I used to have a on my website, I don't know if it's still there, but <laughs> the tagline used to be, I'm Mary Catherine Ham. I talk about politics. I also try not to be a blowhard. That's that's all we. That's my brand, guys. And and, and it's disarming. <laughs> it's disarming. Well, and I'm glad because works. it's this is part of. I grew up with all liberals. I go to universities and do speeches. Mm-hmm. I work on a network where I'm vastly outnumbered. Mm-hmm. I like to communicate with people who believe different things, and so I'm glad that that's what we're doing. It's healthy. 
And so, all of you guys who agree with us, too, because obviously I love you guys. That's why we're all here. We're one big happy family. I also have a, a special call out to a listener who goes by the name Fahey. That's not obviously her full name, but anyway, Fahey sends us a, a note saying that she was listening to your podcast with Mary Catherine Ham. Coconut oil has a natural SPF of six. Mm. Ha, how about that? Did and not know that. She uses, quote, a blended sun oil that has a variety of carrier oils and essential oils. I have a better tan than ever this year, she says. You can also add vitamin E to your diet and supplement routine. It helps your body deal and accept the healing benefits yes. of the sun. See, no, I do need to. It's true. I do need to get the benefits of the sun. I would reckon that this listener has a much more golden and beautiful skin tone than I have. <laughs> Because I think it would go badly for me, but but this is new. This is news for me about coconut oil. I did not know that. Yes, me too. I have one last thing. Go for it. A loyal listener Jeremy DMs me and says, "Said tell Vic I was impressed by his restraint in the last segment of the last episode by not citing the mid nineteen eighties classic, just one of the guys." Oh, that is for for people who want listen to me on the sub beacon. That is also a quadrant killer. Thank you. Is it, is it Jeremy? It, Jeremy? All across, all across the board. Everybody, I can't. I, well, cannot discuss. There's it, a lot that goes on. There was, yeah. Everyone. There was all sorts of action in that movie. I'm just going to say yes. that. And also, the funny thing about it also featured the great villain of the '80s, William Z- Zapka, Billy oh, Zapka. Yeah, yeah. Right. Who was the the villain in the Karate Kid and Back to School, and just one of the guys because there's the famous scene in the locker room and and the she who is now a Disguised as a heat right. because she's a journalist. That's what they do. <laughs> Undercover. What we do. So they yeah. They're throwing all the jocks at her because, you know, she's like collecting them and stuff. And she looks Zapka up and down. And he says, what are you looking at? And she says, nothing. <laughs> it was a different time. It was a different time. Yeah. That wraps up another edition of Getting Hammered. Remember, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. You can follow me on Twitter at Victorina Mattis. You can tell this is Friday. Yeah. So. I'm at MK Hammer on Twitter. And MK Hammer Time on Instagram. Please check for the GoFundMe link and help out if you can. Really, really worthy cause. Thank you to Mikey for putting it all on the line. And we're really glad to have you here in the U.S. And we want to do as much as possible for you. Thanks for listening, guys. And for coming down for my Paw Paws deals. Oh, man. This has been a Navalist Media Podcast. (laughs) 